Hey there, I'm Kimberly Hayes-Day-Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to the first season of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. Welcome to our first episode. So exciting. We'd like to take a quick moment and explain why we thought the world needed another podcast. (laughs) It's a good reason. So firstly, we live in the metro Atlanta area, which means we spend a lot of time in our cars. Thus, the thirst for good podcasts. True that. Secondly, we share about 40 years of grant writing and fundraising experience between us. Because we started as tiny infants in flagrant (laughs) violation of child labor laws. Clearly. Y'all, we were child prodigies. Mm -hmm. But seriously, Kimberly and I have known each other for about 10 years, and we decided that this year was the time to create the podcast we wanted to listen to about grant writing and fundraising. Sadly, there's a lot of bad advice out there and some misinformation. We would like to play a small role in rectifying that situation. Rectify. That's right. Yes. We want to offer up real-world situations and advice and learn some more good stuff in the process of doing so. We started this venture because we both love what we do. We love helping people find funding in order to make the world a better place. While we are varied in our backgrounds, experience, and even our personalities, I'm a total extrovert, and my pal Kimberly across the other microphone, total introvert. (laughs) But together we can cover a lot of territory to help you navigate the world of grants and fundraisings from multi-million dollar federal grants to that small family foundation. We hope you enjoy our first season of Fundraising Fundraising Heyday, because we know we will. And today's episode, we will answer the timeless question, what is a grant and why can't I just pay you when I get it for writing that grant? (laughs) Excellent questions, Kimberly. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start talking about what your boss, your board, your neighbors think a grant is. Because let me tell you, when Mm -hmm. people hear that you are a grant professional, you're going to hear some crazy things. I think the wildest request I've ever had, I ran into somebody and, you know, asked me what I did for a living. And when I said, I'm a grants administrator, you know, well, what is that? Well, I research and write and manage grant programs. And they're like you know, that's so cool. Could you write a grant for me? And I was like, well, I don't know. Who are you and what do you need? And they were like, I'd really love to have a pizza delivered once a week to my house for the rest they of were, my life. No, they were kidding you. No, they were no, not. They thought, they thought that that was possible. I mean, if it was... My, my children would love me if I could get a grant for that. But I need a sound effect for rolling my eyes I know. because they just about rolled out of my head. But yeah, people have strange things about what grants are and they are not. And more generically, I think a lot of people just think that grant money is just out there. It's free money. It's just growing like if, as if it were on a tree. It's yeah. just there. All you got to do is write a little letter. It takes you two then, seconds. And they'll pay that you out. for that letter later, you yeah. know, after they get the grant. Yeah. Yeah. People also seem to think that it's money to send their kids to college. While there are things, there scholarships. are scholarships and other funding programs for that, that is not what this podcast is about, not what Kimberly and I do. No. We do things to help fund, whether it's local governments or nonprofits or school systems, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them to be able to fund the programs that they do. Nothing. It's, it always is for a public good. Right. Not necessarily. Absolutely. And, and for... there there are many sound processes and ways to find college funding for your children. What we are talking about is not one of them. Correct. 
also a common misconception is that there is grant money, just, you know, a grant versus a loan or, mm-hmm. or, or some sort of other money that can help you start your own business. And that's not where we're coming from with grants either. No. Another thing that's come up before is people think, oh, I can get a grant for this piece of equipment. I see the grant opportunity out there now, say it's a federal grant or a state grant or a yes. local grant, private foundation, to pay for this fire truck that I bought three years ago. No, uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I can't say that enough. Grant money is to fund future needs. They're not going to pay for something that you have already paid for because why do you need the grant if you've already paid for it, right? Yep. A good thing to know about grants, it, it has two sides to it. There's public versus private money. True that. Very different. And Kimberly, as the expert, um, the resident expert on the private side of things. You're so kind. I know. Tell us a little about that. So when I'm talking about private money, I don't mean money from your rich uncle, (laughs) unless your rich uncle happens to have a family foundation. But if your rich uncle has that family foundation, he can only give money from that foundation to other 501c3 organizations. So chances are that ain't you. Yeah. (laughs) So just want to clear the air about that. So foundations and corporate foundations and community foundations tend to fund 501c3 organizations because they are required to by law. If you put a large amount of money into a foundation, it's not taxable. But because it's not taxable, the federal government says, hey, you've got to spend it a certain way and you've got to spend a certain amount of it in a certain way in a given year. And that certain way is to fund um, nonprofits either in the geographic community or the issue-based community that the Mm -hmm. foundation is interested in or the focus area that might interest a corporate foundation. We cover this in a lot more detail in episode 13 of this first season of the podcast. So this is a shameless plug for you to just listen to all of them because they're awesome. Exactly. And one thing to point out, like Kimberly said, foundations and corporations generally are for those 501c3 mm-hmm. nonprofits. But for those of you who work for city governments or K-12 school systems or universities, that doesn't mean there isn't foundation funding available for you. There certainly is, but not every foundation will fund your type of organization. It's going to be a little bit harder for you to find that right match. The other side of that coin is public money. That's the federal, state, and even local. Sometimes cities and counties um, give grant funding. And these are usually larger um, awards, especially if you're going after federal dollars. And they can come from, you know, there's the 26 public agencies. You've got Department of um, Health and Human Services who give more grants than any other agencies. There's the Department of Justice. There's Housing and Urban Development, all kinds of agencies. But not just those main 26. There's a lot of sub-agencies, the um, Center for Disease Control does grant funding. I know, Kimberly, you got a grant once from the IRS. I did. They did. Full disclosure, it was not to pay anyone's taxes, (laughs) okay? It was for enrollment in federal benefits programs. So let's just be clear. Clear. It was completely legit (laughs) grant that did a lot of good. Honesty, transparency, (laughs) legitness, that's what we're talking about now. (laughs) We're too legit, right? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) We won't go there. Don't go there. Um, But anyway, so you do have federal, state, and uh, local funds. And Mm -hmm. the nice thing about these these grants is that there's lots of different programs for all kinds of different ideas and projects, but also different types of agencies. So nonprofits and local governments and universities and Indian tribes and think tanks and all these different things. Um, this is another topic that we cover in a future episode. So if you want to listen to episode 14. Please do. Yes, that's um, where we cover public funding and you. And it's all about Amanda for that episode. 
because sometimes she's so good it should at that. be. Sometimes, <laughs> so often it is just all about Amanda. But I'm going to tell you something: grant awards are not all about the profits that you would make as if you owned your own business, for example. If you're writing grants, by and large, most grants are going to be written for a specific purpose or what is often referred to as a restricted purpose, and that means that you must use the grants in the way you proposed, you know, in the proposal because yes. that's so you, how it works. If you say you're going to serve 500 students after school by tutoring them, by gosh, you better have an after school tutoring program for 500 students. You better not go and buy a pony for those children <laughs> with that money and unless you can really prove something um, that I can't even think of Mr. right now. Mr. Ed about is that. the tutor. <laughs> 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 So restricted grants, that's a very important part of thinking about what grants are and what they aren't. It's kind of like if you went to go buy the latest iPhone 10. Okay. And instead of just a straight up, here's my credit card, let me weep in sorrow later, charge it, let's take it home. You, you proffered your card and you said, I'm going to pay you for an iPhone, but I only want my money to go to the parts that make up the iPhone. I will not pay for any staff. I will not pay your light bill. <laughs> I will not pay to have the trash taken out at the end of the night. And I will not pay Tim Cook's uh, travel expenses, okay? Man, you you're mean. I am telling you. <laughs> but So it's a very different thing if you write a grant and the grantor says, hey, we're not going to pay for... Um, program staff, but we'll pray, pay for program supplies, or we'll pay for a piece of equipment, but not the gas that goes in it. That's just sort of the way it's set up in the yep. grant world. And I'm not saying that it's an equal kumbaya, let's all come together under the breadfruit tree. If, <laughs> I'm not sure if a breadfruit is a tree, but I digress. It's not about that necessarily. It's not necessarily an equal footing relationship but it is something that if you are able to work comfortably in that field, you can bring in a lot of money to do a lot of good for a lot of people, places, and things. And I think what Kimberly is trying to say here, too, is a good thing to remember. Let me, let me sum that what up. What Kimberly's trying to say. Are you like my anger translator? Oh, the important thing to remember is when you get grant money, it's not your money. And another organization is giving you money to fund a specific thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to do that thing with their money because it's their money. And if you don't do it well, they can ask for that money back. Yeah, so it's not so, free money. No, you've got to be good stewards of, of the money. And it is, it's not an equal relationship. No. And that's okay because they're allowing you to do good in your community that you otherwise would not be able to do without their assistance. Mm -hmm. So we're willing to jump through the hoops and follow the rules and do all of those things because it's going to make good things happen at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of jumping through hoops, <laughs> for most grants, it's important to know that management is necessary. Writing that grant application, well, that's a whole fun project in and of itself. That's just your first step. If you get that award letter, you're going to have work to do. There's right? work to do, children. There's lots of work to do. So there is going to be rules to follow, depending, you know, what funder, who the funder is, mm -hmm. how much or how many of those rules you have. Um, you may have a small grant from a small mom and pop foundation that they're just giving you $1,000 and it's kind of a... Hey, we hey, like your project. Maybe they, they want a thank you letter, send some photos, invite them to your gala. And that may be it. Mm -hmm. It may be as simple as that. Whereas you've got a big federal grant, there's going to be lots and lots and lots of rules. Rules and regs. Rules and regs. Um, there's also typically reports to submit. You know, if you've got a five-year program, a funder doesn't want to wait till the end of five years to know 
how you're doing. Chances are no. Yes. Um, So you're going to check in with them either on a monthly or a quarterly Mm -hmm. basis. And sometimes it's a very simple one-page quick report. Sometimes it's a much more detailed report. Again, it depends on the funder and what they want. So you've got to follow through with that. And the reports will concern things like how the money was spent, but also what outcomes, what came about. What have you accomplished? How did you know you were a success or not? How do you Mm -hmm. know what happened? Yes. Do you have any success stories or complications to um, share with your funder. Lessons learned is what we use in the trade. Lessons learned. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have money to spend and manage. So mm-hmm. you've got to make sure you actually spend that money, which seems crazy. You're like, of course, we get a grant. We're going to spend the money. Let me tell you from personal experience, <laughs> sometimes people don't spend that money in a very timely manner. So <laughs> Ask I, us how we know. <laughs> ah, yes. I have spent sent many an email starting out, hello, this is your friendly neighborhood grant writer. <laughs> Just checking in. Hint, hint, hint. Notice there's no expenditures happening. So you've got to get that money spent on the right things Mm -hmm. and document all of that to prove that you spent the money on the right things. So you did the tutoring and not the pony buying, right? Yeah. Although Um, I would like a little furry pony, but that's another discussion for another time. Okay. Um, And last but not least, you need to follow through on what you promised in that grant application. So again, when you talk about how many people you're serving, the activities you're going to do, your funder wants to know that you did it. And if you did not do it, there needs to be a reasonable explanation about why that didn't happen. Because sometimes life happens and sometimes the program that you think is going to be just the right thing doesn't work out for reasons that may be entirely out of the control of the program staff or anyone else involved. Yes. We've had events planned and horrific thunderstorm comes through the day of the event. And Mm so said event could not happen. And sometimes you can reschedule those things, but not always. So yeah, life happens. Life happens. Another thing that happens in life is that it can take a long time to hear if you've actually gotten a grant. It could take months. I think the longest I ever waited was 11 months. I got you beat 12 months. Oh, so close. (laughs) I know. So far. So it can take months to hear if your organization or your client received a grant. Grants are not something for emergency situations like you realize that donations are down and you can't pay your employees or the light bill. It's not your quick fix. It's more like an addition to a program, an expansion of a program, a it's piece of planning ahead. Planning it's planning ahead money. Mm-hmm. It's planning ahead money. And I have experienced this personally, and I think Amanda may have too, because there's such a long lag time, some nonprofits and other organizations have said, oh, well, Kimberly, why don't you write the grant for us now? Because we see this great opportunity. Why don't you write this grant for us now? And then we'll give you a percentage once the grant is awarded. Makes sense, right? No. Thanks for playing. That's a big no. And we'd like to tell you why, because I guarantee you, whether you're at the beginning, in the middle, or in the golden twilight years (laughs) of your career, someone has either asked you this or is going to ask you this really soon. Absolutely. A big thing for Kimberly and I um, is it's against the code of ethics for both the Grant Professionals Association and the Association of Fundraising Professionals, uh, membership groups that Kimberly and I have been Mm -hmm. members of at one point in time. In addition, Kimberly and I both have our GPC. That stands for Grant Professional Certified. That's a credential in our field that basically says we know what we're talking about. And um, as part of that credential is we had to sign a code of ethics 
projects and being paid a percentage of the grant um, is certainly a big no-no. So not illegal, but very unethical. And here's why um, you wouldn't want to do this sort of thing is, first of all, a lot of people do that because they think, well, we'll just, well, you'll use the grant to pay you. Okay. Or we don't have the money right now. We don't now. have the money right now. We when we get you. the grant. So, but the thing is, most grants do not let you pay for activities that were happening before the grant even got awarded. Sure. And so, I mean, there's a handful. I know um, the Assistance to Firefighters Grant, which is a grant through FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, they actually will let you write a line item in your budget to hire a grant consultant to write your grant. But that's rare. Like that's, I, that's super the rare. only grant I've ever in my lifetime seen that on. And I have run af- across some capacity building grants yes. from community foundations, others that will will let you write into, hey, we can hire a fundraising consultant mm-hmm. or hire a grant writer. For federal funds, and correct me if I'm wrong, though, if you hired a grant writer to write the grant, that grant writer couldn't bid on the consulting services after the grant was awarded, right? Because they were participating. Exactly. They probably would not be anyone, you know, doing things on the back end. So it's just, you got to be careful there. So, but it's just, you want to be careful about the misappropriation of funds. And so just know, I always tell people, I'm like hiring me or hiring any other consultant in any any other professional setting, it's kind of like the cost of doing business. That Mm -hmm. yes, it's going to cost you money up front, but I'm going to bring more money in in the long run than it costs you to hire me. So it's it's going to be worth it. But, you know, Kimberly's got a fabulous example on why paying a percentage is not a smart idea. Well, it's not even a smart idea financially. So I'm going to do the math. And for anyone who's listening to this now who knew me as, as a young student knows that that <laughs> is a scary thing. But we're going to do this together. And I'm using big round numbers. Oh, that's how I like to oh, give here examples. We, go. we call that development math. All right, here we go. So if we do the math, y'all, here it is. Depending on where you live, I've heard of people charging anywhere from $50 to $150 an hour as grant consultants. And this is not a judgment on that. I'm picking $100 an hour because it's easy to do. Thank you. Easy to do the math. So let's just say you've got an ethical, skilled grant professional that's going to charge you $100 an hour. And let's say this is a complex grant, maybe for a federal agency, that's going to involve a lot of planning, a lot of budgeting time, a lot of cross-communication between departments, and a lot of good sound writing and budget maybe development. Maybe some strategic planning yes, and meetings and yes. all those things. Yes, it can it get complicated. easily, easily take 100 hours. Okay. Would you say, Amanda? I that's, mean, easily. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> and not just because it's easy to do the math. But <laughs> you could easily, easily spend 100 hours completing this Maybe it's a new road, new fire equipment, update technology for an entire school system, whatever it is, an $8 million grant, let's say. So let's also say that this agency is like, we will gladly pay you when we receive that grant. And you, instead of screaming no, 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 and running out, you are trying to offer some educational moments, including, y'all, do your own little math. Mm -hmm. So if a hundred at $100 an hour and 100 hours... So $10,000, right? Yes. You know, and that could be a lot of money, but it's an $8 million grant and you need to have it done right and tight. So let's just, that's that's the fee. But if they're like, oh, no, no, we're, we really want to pay you 5% when we get the grant. Huh. Yeah, it's 400. Amanda did the math. She didn't <laughs> trust me to do the math. I chose this deliberately. A, so a commission of just 5%. On an $8 million grant, that's $400,000. Okay, really, agency? Really? 
Yeah. First of all, I don't believe you have the money or you wouldn't be dancing around like this. And second of all, $10,000 up front versus $400,000. Yes. And by the way, as Amanda has said, you're already talking about misappropriating funds because there's not a federal agency around that would be like, hey, heck yeah, sure. That's mm-hmm. almost half a million dollars to this grant writer. Go on now. Who cares about your new road or your fire truck? Let's pay that lady or, or man. So... That's kind of outrageous. And if an Mm -hmm. agency suggests that to me, it tells me that either they don't really know what they're doing or they don't really have the money up front to pay anyway. And they're trying to dance around, pay me in the first place. And frankly, I just find that offensive. Yeah. Well, I'd be worried too, you know, even even if you have someone that says, hey, sure, I'll do it on that percentage. What's to stop them from going, you know what? You don't need $8 million. I think you need to submit a $20 million request. Yeah, true that. And maybe you don't because just because a grant, you know, I always tell people, yes, we may be allowed to ask for a million dollars, but that doesn't mean we need a million dollars to implement our project. If so, your project's a $500,000 project, don't be made up stuff. Exactly. Aren't you That's, proud of me for saying stuff? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm doing so, good job. So yeah. So they. You don't want someone that's going to pad that budget just because they know it's then going they're gonna to get, mean yeah, they're going to get payment more payment for them. It's just it's, shady. Yeah. Not a good way to work. Nope. So it's. Uh, you know. Of course, I know where. You know. You're thinking. Yeah. Right. You're the grant people. So of course you're going to say that. But no, really, from experience, trust me. You want to pay an able body ethical mm-hmm. grant professional who's going to charge you a fair and practical price that you know up front. And y'all, when I can do the math and point out what an egregious violation of of, of sound Accounting. management that yes. is, that should tell you something. Because yes. that's, that's not my wheelhouse. Not my wheelhouse. Yeah. Now, the thing you need to remember, too, is that grant application, you're going to spend a lot of time writing and putting it all together. And that's fabulous. But agencies don't award grant proposals based on excellent writing alone. There are many factors mm-hmm. that funders consider. You know, they're going to look at the history History of your agency. You know, if you've only been around for three months, you don't have a track record to show that you are successful, right? You, you could have the most beautifully written, heartbreakingly epic and compelling proposal ever. ever. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the track record and you're not known, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. it may just may not matter. Yeah. They also, yeah, like you said, your history, your track record. Mm-hmm. Also, where you're located. You know, you may find a funder that you're like, oh my gosh, their mission, that's exactly what we do. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. But they're a an organization that says they only fund organizations in the state of Nebraska. But you're like, but I'm in Kansas. We're, it's all the Midwest. Close. I can yeah. see Nebraska from There's, my back door. Why not? You know, they're not, it's a waste of time. So make sure that you stay within your geographic area. Make sure you also stay in your focus area, Mm -hmm. you know. So if it's, if you're trying to fund a, you know, a no-kill shelter for animals, you're not going to go after a funder that funds anything else, right? If serving animals and preventing the deaths of them is not anywhere mentioned on their website or their webpage, that's not their focus. Probably not a good fit, Probably not the right fit. Um, So you need to make sure that you stay focused. And also, another thing I will say, too, is I always tell people good grant management equals more grants. So you may have gotten a a grant from that funder in the past and you think, hey, we were a perfect match. I'm applying again. If you did not manage that grant well, Mm -hmm. they're going to remember that and say, you know what? You weren't the best investment. So... 
thanks, but no thanks. And that may be something that happened before you even came on the scene. So if this agency is again saying, oh, we want to pay you contingent on receiving or contingency fee on receiving the grant, (laughs) there may be history that would preclude you ever even receiving the grant because it was so mismanaged in the past. So just all around shady. It's also could be a perceived violation of generally accepted accounting principles or gap. gap. So talk to your friendly neighborhood accountant or CPA about that and see how they feel about it because I can guarantee you it's it's something that could trigger a finding in an audit if you have work done in one fiscal year and payment not given until the next fiscal year whether or not the grant was received it can just trigger all sorts of things and I just don't think you want to be a part of that. And I can assure you that any accountant or CEO who's worth their salt won't want a part of that either. Very true. So grants are a fabulous fundraising tool, but they are not a fixer, not a standalone fixer of all your money woes. True that. You can build a road, you could add an after-school program, you could remodel an animal shelter, all kinds of wonderful things, right? Right. But grants won't build your business, fund your daughter's college education, or keep your lights on necessarily. And please get paid for your grant writing work when you do it. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, to think about, you would never think about, hey, attorney, uh, I'm not going to pay you until after the trial. Then then we'll talk about it. And it's true that there are some attorneys that work on contingency fees. Really? But by and large... No, and it's true. Real, you could say, well, real estate agents. So we're not saying it's an awful practice, but it's not a practice that is acceptable in the grants field because of the way the work is handled. And I'm I'm actually banging on the table. She is. I I I can see it. Feeling it. Feeling it. Um, And another thing I'm feeling is our season one sponsor, Grant Grant Writing USA. Woo! For a special offer for our listeners only. Visit their website at grantwritingusa.com backslash podcast. While you're there, you can go and check out their two-day courses taught in all 50 states. Could be a chance that you might find Amanda or you might find me teaching one of them. We might. So we just want you to remember that there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn. And we would love for this podcast to be one of your favorite ways to learn. Yes, we would. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season, including the next one about collaboration. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say. Hard to do. Yes, ma'am. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.